Family, I'm so excited to uh, be here this morning. And um, as uh, Wayne said, uh, come from the uh, all the way, all the way from the Mklanga campus. And so I bring you love and greetings and support from there. Um, I just want to say it is just genuinely a privilege to to be here. Like, what is going on in this space and in this community is nothing short of miraculous and a beautiful move of God. And I'm not just talking about what's going on out there, but what's going on in here, in your hearts and in this community. And so I just want to commend you, community of Cornubia, uh, for, for the way that you're leaning in and being a part of this uh, and of, of what God's doing here. And so we just are so excited as Grace Family Church for this new expression of God's mission to bring healing and hope to our world. But uh, today we're in uh, the second part of a series uh, called The Naked Truth. And I want to start with a question and invite you to lean into the question and even as I ask the question, to perhaps bring to your mind the person that I am speaking about or the question uh, in, in that sense. How do you deal with a difficult relationship? Do you have a relationship with someone who is either out of control or constantly trying to take control? Can you bring someone to your mind? Now, don't nudge them, okay? This is not the point of this asked question. But there's an intentional reason why I ask you that. Psychologists would say, if you're able to have a person in your mind as you reflect on a question like this, as we go through our time together, you'll be able to bring that person to mind and hopefully be able to have some tools and some understanding of how to engage in that relationship. I understand that, that everything that I say today may not exactly apply to where you are in this stage of life, but I really did feel that as I was preparing for, for this message and for this community, that this may be something that's very real and very practical and, and very relevant to those of you sitting in here because of the relationships that you have. But I also got the sense that this is my hope for today, is that this is a tool in your hands to be a part of God's mission to bring healing and hope to the world. Because my guess is you may know someone who's in a relationship with someone who is out of control or constantly trying to take control. Who is that person? See, what, what I've found in the relationships that I have in my life, where, where someone, where, when, I, when I am engaging with someone who is either out of control or trying to constantly take control, I often feel like I'm being held captive. I feel like I'm being held captive in that relationship and I'm not actually free to be myself and I, and I feel that that relationship is constrained. And, and we really want you, or we want you to hear this, we really want you to have amazing, amazing relationships. That's why we're doing this series, because we want to have open and honest conversations around the, the, the realities of our world. We want you to have relationships that are free of guilt and shame, relationships that are filled with mutuality and empathy, relationships that breathe life and love into who you are as a person. It's while we're doing this series, if you weren't here last week, I really want to encourage you to go listen to, to Wayne's message from last week as, as it just speaks so practically, practically about, about how we can engage in, in some of the relational dynamics that we face. But today we're speaking about being free, about being free. And if we're going to have amazing relationships, which really is our heart for you, if, if we're going to have these incredible life-giving relationships then I think we need to lean into the advice and the wisdom of King Solomon. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, he says this, and you have likely heard this a number of times. If you haven't and you stay in this community for any length of time or part of a church in any, any space, you will hear this passage. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else. Here's a little tip. When you're reading your Bible 
on the odd occasion, and you see the words above all else, it's usually a good idea to pay attention to something that's above all else in the book that is above all else. It's one of those things where you see above all else and you want to lean into what's being said in that moment. Because above all else, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life, the course of your relationships, the course of your emotions, the course of your, your parenting, of your jobs, of your careers, of your future. Your heart is the source and, and it is the determination of everything that is in your life. And what the writer, what King Solomon is trying to say here when he says the word heart, guard your heart, in Hebrew, it's the inner person. It's the very essence of who you are as an individual. It's the core of yourself. It's what's most important to you around your values, around your, uh, around your, your beliefs. It's what's most important to you around your feelings and emotions, your thoughts and your decisions. The writer is encouraging us. King Solomon is encouraging us. Guard your inner person. Guard your heart, guard your emotions, guard your feelings, guard your relationships, guard those things because they will determine the course of your life. What this passage is speaking about is that we need to put in place some boundaries around our heart, around the things that are most important to us. And I want to read to you from, um, uh, from a writer who wrote a book on this, and I am just going to quickly change podium, so I'm not looking too far down. Excuse me for a moment. Now I'm looking too far up. That's crazy. Um, I want to read to you from Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, he wrote an incredible, incredible book on boundaries. And I do want to encourage you to, to read it. If you're part of a group here at the Cornubia campus, we actually have the boundaries course as part of a group material that you could do. But he says this about boundaries and why we need to have them. He says, boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and where you begin, leading me to a greater sense of ownership around what's, what matters to me most. Knowing what I am to own and take responsibility for gives me freedom. Taking responsibility for my life opens up so many different options, he says. Boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. See, a boundary is not necessarily a wall that just blocks everything. It's a filter that it guides everything through. But here's kind of where I really want to get to the crux of this, because I think if, if you're in a space where you're saying, I'm not quite sure about boundaries and what they are, I do want to encourage you to engage in that. But as I was preparing for, for this message and for this community, I really felt that, that there was a specific direction this needed to go in. Because there's an encouragement from the, the, from, from the writer of Proverbs to guard our heart, to put boundaries up, Things that sort of say, hey, this is me and that's you. I don't want you to step over this line. This is what's important to me. But, but here's what I felt. I felt that for, for, for us, there are specific people in our lives and maybe in the lives of those that you love and know, there are specific people who constantly try and step over the boundaries that we have in place. There are people who, in our lives, let me just clarify for you for a moment. There are people in my life who constantly try and step over the boundaries and, and, make a, a, and have an impact on my inner self, on my, on my values, on my feelings, on my emotions. There are people who constantly try and step over that. And, and Dr. John Townsend, who, who actually co-wrote one book with Henry Cloud and wrote another book around boundaries himself, he says that ultimately there are two groups of people who try and step over the boundaries that we have. There are ultimately two groups of people that we will interact with, every single one of us will interact with, that try and have an impact on our hearts. And the first group of people that try and step over the boundaries that we put up to try and have freedom are people who are out of control. People who are out of control. Again, don't nudge someone during this part of the message. 
What I'm talking about here is someone whose behavior and attitude, their, 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 the, the manner in which they conduct themselves on a regular basis is, is impulsive. They act out, they're destructive, they, they do what they want when they want for themselves. And as a result of that, their interaction with those around them can be destructive in itself. Probably the easiest and perhaps most likely the, the best example of this is a relationship with an addict. Someone who is imprisoned by something, whether that's alcohol or drugs or pornography or money or work. Someone who's absolutely controlled, their, their entire life exists around a particular thing and they make every decision based off that. Now again, I've given you some pretty severe examples of that, but I think there's people who, who vary on this idea of out of control. Someone who, who, whose whole life is centered around a particular thing. And the reality is when you're in a relationship with someone who is out of control, they constantly step over your boundaries because their lifestyle demands a, demands a response from you. See, if you love them, if you love them, you'll care for them, right? If you love them you, and their, their life is out of control and they're just not able to have a grasp of what's going on, what, end, what ends up happening is you let their choices impact your freedom. And sometimes when we even are in those relationships with someone who's out of control, we can get to the point where we're like, this is enough. The impact that you're having on our family, it's enough. The, the dynamics that you're bringing into our home, it's enough. And you can have a conversation around the boundaries. You can't do this here anymore. You, you can't say that anymore. You, you can't take this stuff anymore. What often happens with someone who's out of control is they dismiss the conversation entirely. That's one kind of person who, who constantly tries to step over the boundaries we have. Because in some way, their behavior and their choices implore us or pull us to step over the things that we've put in place. The other kind of person who can very quickly step across our boundary line, who can have an impact on our inner self and our, our very person, is almost the flip side of this dynamic. It's someone who's trying to constantly seek to control your life. Someone who's trying to seek to control. Someone who's trying to control you or attempting to control you. I just want to say this to you, no one, no one should ever control you. You should have the ability to choose. Galatians 5, and again, this is a specific passage in context, but if you read the whole of Galatians 5, I would encourage you to do that. The writer unpacks this dynamic when it comes to relationships. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. He has truly set us free. Now make sure you, you stay free. And don't get tied up again in the slavery to law. And again, Paul who's writing this, he's speaking about in this specific space a, a particular context, but as he unpacks this idea, it impacts our relationships. It is for freedom that Jesus has set us free. I love the, the worship space earlier, that song that we sang, you know, I am no longer a slave. Man, that's true in every single area of your life. The things that you were once held captive to, Jesus has set you free from them. For those of you who are still exploring and you feel like you're being held captive by something, I want you to know this. Jesus can set you free from anything. But there is also a freedom that Jesus desires for us in our relationships. The freedom to be able to choose what impacts us and impacts our relationships. And these people who, who want to take control, they want to take control of our freedom. Sometimes they do it consciously and sometimes they do it subconsciously. Now, I know I saw the teenagers walk out just now, um, but if you are a child in this room, um, I'm not speaking about your parents specifically giving you discipline and guidelines here, okay? You can't go home and when your parent says, clean your room, no, you're trying to control me, okay? 
It's the difference between discipline and control, discipline and manipulation. You, you know those people that I'm kind of talking about, hey? The, the people who are trying to seek control over our lives, and ultimately, they fit into two categories. The first category is someone who seeks to control through anger. If you don't do it my way, I'm gonna get angry. If you don't do it the way that I think we should do this in our home or in our relationship or in our workspace or in our friendship, I'm gonna get angry. And sometimes that anger is, 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 is emotional, sometimes it's passive, sometimes it's verbal, sometimes, sometimes it's physical. There are people who seek to control us through anger. The other side of this is there are people who seek to control us through guilt. I'm not gonna get angry at you, but I'm just hurt. What's the favorite line of every parent? And one day I'm sure I'll say it to my daughter. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it, it's the story of a friend of mine who, who pretty consistently, uh, he moved down to uh, Durban, I think it was about 19 years ago, and pretty consistently he'd go up and visit his, his mom for uh, his mom and his, his family for uh, Christmas in Joburg. And he, and he did this pretty repetitively for nine years, but this, this one year he, he kind of saved up enough money to, to go to Cape Town for a holiday that he just had dreamed about. And so he worked up the courage and phoned his mom and said, hey, uh, mom, I, I just want to let you know, I've loved our Christmases over the last nine years, but, but this year I'm, I'm going to Cape Town. And her response was, okay, that's okay. You know, I just, I just carried you in my womb for nine months. It's okay, it's fine, you can go to Cape Town. Labor was only three days, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Now, if I were to ask you, and kind of research would suggest around this reality, that in this room, pretty much half of us get easily controlled by people who get angry. So we change our behavior, we step over our boundaries when we encounter someone who's angry, who uses anger as a form of control. And the, the guilt thing we're not like so worried about, but the other half, like when someone throws the guilt card out, they can very, it very quickly has an impact on us. Pretty much half of us respond either to anger or to guilt when someone's trying to control us. And when we're in relationships, with someone who is either out of control or trying to take control through anger or guilt, we end up being in relationships where we're under pressure and we don't feel free because of what's going on around us. And this, and this is really where boundaries come in. This is where boundaries come in. They are a way of restoring God's balance and freedom in our relationships. Simply put, a boundary line Sorry, a, a boundary is just a property line around what matters most. It's like the property line you have around your house or your flat or whatever, whatever space you live in. You know, if, if the plumbing breaks in my house, it's my responsibility to fix it. It's not a fun responsibility to fix it, but it's my responsibility. If my neighbor's plumbing goes awry and, and their toilet's sort of spewing out, I, I might be a good neighbor and I'll pop over and sort of plunge and wipe and do things, but ultimately, 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 it's their responsibility because it's their ownership. They need to take responsibility, hashtag renter's life. Isn't that true? A boundary is simply something that defines what is mine and what is yours. And, and it's something that protects what's closest to me. And this is where I wanna link back to Proverbs 4 earlier. Guarding our heart is simply about putting a property line around our heart. It's simply about saying, this is what is important to me, and this is what I'm going to say yes to, and this is what I'm gonna say no to. 
in order to protect what I most value, my heart, for it determines the course of your life. And I do want to encourage you, people of Cornubia campus, to, to think about the boundaries you have when it comes to time. How much time are you spending with this person or that person? How is it impacting you and your relationship? How, how much money are you spending on this person or that person, and how is it impacting your relationship? I think one of the biggest things that can very quickly step over the boundaries that we have in place are our phones. The content that we send, the content that we receive, what we look at, what we don't look at, the WhatsApp groups that we participate in, man, those things can very quickly cause me to step over the things that, that I hold as important. What are your boundaries? But when it comes to dealing with people who are either trying to take control or are out of control, I just want to be really practical with you. How do you establish those boundaries again? How do you establish boundaries in those relationships? And here's the first thing that I want to say. Start from a position of love. Start from a position of love. When you're in these conversations with someone who's trying to take control or out of control, you've got to start with what's best for them. Sometimes that requires deep prayer and a deep move of God in our own heart to be able to do that. God, what do you want? What's best for this person? How can I love this person? I may not like them, but I can always love them. It may be difficult to show affection, but I can always show love. And we need to start from that position. I love what Jesus says in, this, in John 13. He says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. And so you should love each other. Here's the beautiful reality. Jesus loves you. God loved you before you were lovable. <laughs> In fact, God loved you because he created you to be loved. Every single one of us are loved before we're good. And we can in turn love before we see a response that we need or want. You don't have to start, and, you, and uh, there's a real encouragement here when you're in these conversations to not start thinking that you're gonna fix them solve their problems, or punish them. This is not the position to start, and we need to start from a position of love. What is best for them? What's best for our relationship? And what's best for me? And what I've learned in my life is I can always know if I'm starting from a position of love with who I'm starting with. When I'm entering into a conversation where I'm needing to establish some boundaries, if I'm entering into that conversation with me first, I'm usually entering in with some kind of like position of authority. But when I can enter into a conversation, starting from a position of love, starting to think about their needs first, then I can think about mine second and maybe even last. How do you start from a position of love to extend grace, to create an environment of grace? But for someone who is out of control, and again, this is where this may just be super practical for, for some of you in the room or, or maybe not for you, but for someone that you know, when you're dealing with someone who is out of control, we need to love them without rescuing them. We need to love them without rescuing them. See, loving and rescuing are very, very different things. Again, there's, there's research behind this. I'd love to be able to unpack these dynamics a little bit further with you. But, but when you're rescuing or enabling or creating some sense of codependency, it's not the same thing as love. See, love says, I'm on your side. Love says, I'm on your team. Love says, I've got your back. But I'm not gonna fix what you should fix. I'm not gonna solve a problem that ultimately you should be solving. And here's, here's a great question. If you're in a relationship with someone who's out of control and you're trying to figure out what boundaries you should have in place, 
the brilliant question to be able to ask is simply, should they be doing it themselves? The answer to that is yes, put a boundary. The answer to that is no, maybe you can step in and help. But should they be doing it themselves? Should they be getting a job themselves? Sure. <laughs> should they be trying to work on their addiction or bad habits themselves? Yes. Can I love them and support them? Absolutely. Is it my responsibility to fix? No. What about their bad attitude or their negative response? It's their responsibility and I get to work, walk alongside them. I can love them as they do that. What is, what is yours to own and what is theirs to own? Except for, just side note here, as Wayne mentioned earlier, except for when your nine-month um, pr pregnant wife says to you on a Saturday night before you preach a sermon, hey, can you just quickly get me a glass of water? And I say, no, I've got to practice what I'm preaching, so I can't rescue you. Get it yourself. Don't do that. That's not wise advice. Get the water, husbands. <laughs> secondly, secondly, when we're engaging with someone who's trying to take control or out of control, confront in love. And I've used that word confront intentionally because it provokes something in us, but I want to be specific about that. This is about telling the truth in love. Remember, what I'm speaking about here is relationships with someone who's out of control or someone who's trying to take control. We need to speak in love. Jesus says this in Matthew, if another believer sins against you, someone tries to step over something that is important to you, go privately and point out the offense. If that other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. There's someone that's in your world that's stepping over a boundary. Go to them first, privately. Show them honor, show them dignity, show them respect. The beautiful thing about relationships, one of the beautiful functions of relationships is that they point out our blind spots. People who are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes they get pointed out to me too often. But we've got blind spots. I have blind spots. I have areas in my life that, that I'm not quite conscious of when it comes to how it impacts someone else. My behavior might have a negative impact on someone. A beautiful function of relationships is, is how love is connected to truth. And when you're dealing with someone who's out of control or, or someone who's trying to take control, to be able to approach them in love and to say, hey, I want what's best for us. And here's the thing. This is not about being selfish. And I want to give you just a, a tool around this. This is not about being selfish. I don't like this, and so I want to put a boundary in place. I don't like this, so I'm going to confront you and challenge you. This is, this is not about being selfish, standing in some sense of like authority over the person. I have the religious higher ground, and so I'm going to say you're wrong in this thing. That's not what confronting in love is. See, confronting in love is not about being selfish. It's about being a steward. Confronting someone in love is about being a steward of God's grace and freedom that he's won for that person, for your relationship, and for yourself. We need to be good stewards of the things that God, the freedom that God has won for us, the relationship that God has brought into us. So when I confront with love, I'm asking the question, how is this best for them? How is this best for our relationship? How can I steward God's grace in this space? We need to, st we need to start always from a position of love. We need to confront in love, and sometimes when we confront in love, here's the third thing and sometimes the most challenging thing. Sometimes we need to say no when it's best. And that's not easy. That person is crossing the boundary line. They're crossing the boundary line. They're asking of your time. They're asking of your money. They're asking. Sometimes we need to say no. 
And it's difficult because we are inherently trained to not say no because if we say no, they won't like us. How young does that start? We, we need to be able to say no. This is the passage, Matthew 5, it says this, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. This is Jesus here. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Simple yes, simple no. And, and one of the things that, that Townsend sort of encourages us is, is this. He says, when you're in these conversations and, and you're trying to establish a boundary with someone and they keep asking and they keep asking, your no doesn't get heard, he has a little five-word phrase that might change the game for you. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> it empowers the relationship. It empowers the conversation. My heart for us as a community is that, that we would lean into this stuff. Because I know that, that I have relationships that are out of control. And I have relationships with people that are trying to seek control. And really, for, for Pips and I, man, this has struck so close to home. We have a, a really close family member, and for the sake of honoring that person, I, I, I don't want to mention who, who they are, but we have a really close family member who constantly tries to take control. This, this person is constantly trying to manipulate us to do things that we don't want to do. The abusive WhatsApps that stream our way from this person are constant. And putting boundaries in place has been such a life-giving thing. We've started from a position of love. We've tried to speak in love, just be plain and clear. We've tried to say no when it's best. And has it always worked? No. Has it always been easy? Absolutely not. But this is what I know. There is hope for every single one of the relationships that you're in. Every relationship that is facing some kind of captivity or bondage or lack of freedom, there is hope for every single one of the relationships that we have. And the boundaries that you and I are able to put in place with people who are trying to step over our lines, who are trying to impact our freedom, those boundaries will create freedom and life for you. I love this passage. 2 Corinthians 13 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul writing to a community like ours. I close my letter with these, these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and be at peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. And that's my prayer. Let's, let's just close our time together. Uh, Father, we're so aware of the spaces in our lives where oh, relationships are difficult and people are tough. Well, I just bring to mind every, every relationship that's, that's with someone that's out of control or someone that's just trying to manipulate and control. Would you help us just put this stuff in place to see freedom in our relationships, Jesus? We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, just as Wayne comes up, um, Wayne, I'm going to steal.